eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to another edition of Baldy's Breakdowns, where every Wednesday we go around the NFL with the results, the news, the notes that resonated with us from last week to get you ready for the week to come. And the week to come for us now is week two, and we have uh, plenty to get to. Hats off to everyone associated with the NFL for getting week one off the the ground the way they did and and, and the way everybody's handled COVID uh, and the virus and, and this pandemic is is truly remarkable. So um, we're super excited to have another week of football to go. As always, I'm Jason Lockett Ford, joined by my buddy Brian Baldinger. You can find Baldy on Twitter at BaldyNFL. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Lockett Ford, and you can find Baldy Breakdowns on Twitter on both of our feeds and our super producer Dylan's feed as well. And please, if you are listening and downloading each and every Wednesday, then go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review as well. Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your wonderful podcast products. And Baldy, here we go. It's on to week two. It was good. It was really good. And I I think we all are just loving the fact that we can just chew on any part of these games, any of these games, these players, these coaches, the decisions. And we got something really to talk about. You know, we're not – it, it, we're not making these presuppositions that we did for six straight months. Uh, it's real football. And uh, a lot of credit, like we did last week, to the NFL for getting us to this point. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of teams traveled last week. Doesn't look like there was any yep. flare-ups, Jason, yep. with teams that went on the road, got on a plane, went to a hotel, did all that kind of stuff. It looks like it's pretty calm. And, you know, as far as I know, here on Wednesday morning, Jason, it's, it's like business as usual as we – kind of start getting ready for next week. But it was it was a lot of fun. There was some great football being played. We all saw the Chiefs on Thursday night. They they looked like they were in postseason mode. Baltimore um, just put the wood to, to Cleveland in every phase of the yeah. game. Lamar Jackson looks like he wants that MVP title again, the way that he played. Uh, you know, it was there, was there was some, you know, the, the Cowboys still can't figure out how to play offense when they have to. I mean, you know, there's, there's just – some great storylines out there as we get ready for week two. No doubt about it, Baldy. And and the first game of the week is one that I think is worth hitting on. I don't know that we'll be talking a ton about the Bengals and the Browns as we get into deeper the nitty-gritty of the season, but certainly the Battle of Ohio 
pretty darn interesting right now. Joey Burrow, his first primetime game in the NFL. Obviously, he had plenty with LSU last year. And Cleveland, mod own, Baldy, they did not look ready for a 1 p.m. kickoff on Sunday, let alone prime time. They found themselves in a third and 41 at one point. They had an awful botched fake punt. They had missed field goals, chip shots. They had missed extra points. They've already fired a kicker. Bad drops from Odell. And, and, And Baldy, the thing that would concern me the most if I'm a Browns fan, boy, it looked like 2019 Baker Mayfield and not 2018 Baker Mayfield. He wasn't sharp. He was not sharp. Um, you know, the, the, but the team wasn't sharp. I don't know what's wrong with the left tackle if he's out right now, the, the rookie left tackle, Dredrick yeah. Wills. Um, it, it just – it was not a good performance. Uh, you know, the fake punt, I understand it, trying to steal a possession right there. Jamie Gillen's a great athlete. But, you know, when you have no preseason, you don't know how a guy like that out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And I love the story, and I love yeah. the kid out of Scotland, yeah. the Scottish Hammer. It's great. But you put the ball in his hands against – a John Harbaugh coached special yeah. team. You got to think really hard about that. I mean, the one thing John Harbaugh is always going to have, even when they couldn't make the playoffs for a couple of years in a row, they had great special teams, great kickers, returners, plans. I mean, they coach special teams to make them special. Yeah. And so LJ yeah. Ford just knocked the living daylights out of Gill and they get the ball. I mean, it did take long for Lamar to go do something with it. Uh, it was it was a bad bad performance all the way around, and you know Odell Beckham has a big name in this league, but he's got to start just playing some good football. Yeah. You know, you can't go out of bounds, come in bounds. You can't you know, have a face mask penalty trying to push off. You can't have a surly attitude. You got to go out there and earn your targets. You got to do it. And I don't know where he's at with this whole thing right now. It, it, it was kind of frustrating to watch him. I won't take anything away from the Ravens. They, they they wanted to get bigger and faster on defense. Jason, they did that in every level. But as we get battle, bat, uh, ready for this Battle of Ohio, I was impressed by Joey Yes, B. sir. I mean, he throws the ball to, to A.J. Green at the end to win it. I don't know. I mean, these pass interference calls are – I mean, I don't know what they yeah. look at sometimes. Um, you know, uh, A.J. Green thinks it's just another touchdown in his book, and Joey Burrow thinks he's got a fourth quarter – you know, comeback win. win in his first start. Yeah. You know, he brought him right down the field. I mean, he was he, no timeouts. He he ran a two-minute drill about as good as you can run it. And, Baldy, I was a little surprised that they spread out empty set four and five wide yeah. so often and then had the kid running. I mean, he, there looked to be a lot of design runs where he just picked the pocket he wanted to hit and picked up, you know, 11, 12 yards. They got a lot of first downs with his athleticism. You know, it's it's interesting you bring that up, Jason. I was Kurt Warner was we're always texting back and forth watching these games. And I just asked him, I said, you know, why would you put a quarterback making his first start in so many empty sets? And Kurt just said, Man, that he looks like that's when he's most comfortable. You know, where he gets to find the matchup. He knows he's got enough athleticism to to elude, you know, enough guys. But you know, when you have Joey Bosa just destroying their tackles and Melvin Ingram and this Jerry Tillery showed up. I mean, the defensive line of Chargers mm-hmm. is a strength. Um, you know, he but he he it was he didn't look like he was phased at all by getting hit, by avoiding the rush, by taking off with it. And maybe Kurt's right. Maybe you're gonna see a lot of empty sets from Zach Taylor and you know and, and Callahan, the offense coordinator, 
And maybe maybe that's what he, he loves to get five receivers out and go to try to find the right matchup. And that's when he started playing really well when he was in that situation. Well, I tend to find myself leaning a bit to, to Cleveland in this one, Baldy, before we put a, a bow on this game and move to a few others. Um, because one thing we know they can do is run the damn football. And their first six carries, whether it was Hunt or whether it was Chubb, went for 66 yards against that Ravens defense. And frankly, I thought they had the Ravens on their heels until game flow. You know, Lamar took the game over, and now we're down two scores. We're down three scores. We can't run the ball first, second, and third down anymore. I know the Bengals added DJ Reader, but that D-line has been a a problem in a bad way for years. And Geno Atkins, as we speak, has yet to practice this year. I just wonder if the Browns keep it simple, stupid, and play a little rugby and win this game that way. Well, I think they they got to get back to that. I mean, they can't – I just wouldn't put Baker back there and just let okay. him think he's back in Oklahoma. I mean, it, it doesn't look like – they lost Njoku, who had a number of big plays uh, already, like they lost him in the second week last year. So I, I like Cleveland in this game. I, I think they can bounce back. Uh, they did not look disciplined. They had a lot of penalties. Um, you know, that's it's all on Stefanski, and I understand that, but – I, I think Cleveland can, can can bounce back in this game. Uh, look, it would be great if the dog pound <laughs> was kind of helping them. Yeah, maybe it would hurt them if they were playing poorly, but uh, that's not going to happen. So I, I like Cleveland. I, I like their pass rushers. I, I like Miles Garrett to go get numbers against these tackles from Cincinnati. Uh, Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson. I, I, th- I think it's time for those guys to go eat and just get the bad taste of that first game out of their mouth. And I think they could do that against Cincinnati. Well, the, the one o'clock slate of games is not one that I think we're, we're going to spend a ton of time on um, in terms of previewing for this coming week. But um, I know that you and I both were really impressed by what we saw at Gardner Minshew week one. That was a big win for Jacksonville that not a lot of people saw coming. The Tennessee Titans, they're going to play bare knuckle football. And, and, you know, look, their kicking situation is obviously an issue. They should have won that game the other night much more comfortably than they did. It is a shorter week uh, for the Titans. How, how much did – and it's only one performance, but how much did the Jags kind of show you, Baldy? I, I tend to think at the end of the year they're, they're still going to have lost a bunch more games than they won. But they, they do have a little sort of spunk to them and energy that I think that quarterback gives them. I texted uh, Doug Marone, and you know, after the win, just congratulate him because he's playing like all young yeah. guys. I mean, they just cleaned the locker room yeah. out. And so, when you watch C.J. Henderson, was as good a rookie as I saw play this this year. In his performance, he picked Philip Rivers in the first quarter. He was outstanding. Uh, Caleb Vaughn Chase on was outstanding. Had an interception in the game. Uh, Laviska Chenault, they got a game plan for him, the wide receiver. You just go through the the rookies, yeah. and then you, and what Gardner Minshew did, nineteen out of twenty. Uh, you know, I think Jay Gruden is is like that's what Jay's yeah. good at. He's a good play caller. He's a good play designer. You probably don't want him running your franchise, um, but he's a good offensive coordinator. You know, he he's, he really knows how to. Do, he did a lot of things in motion with Lavisca Chenault. They got a real number one receiver in DJ Chark. I know nobody knew who James Robinson right. was before that game started, um, or before the week started. Nobody knew who James Robinson was. They know who he is now at Illinois state, but he gave most, they just played the game with a whole lot more energy than Indianapolis. And the one thing I came away with after watching, and I know it's just one week and, you know, they beat Indian and Indian is supposed to be good this year is 
you just realize, Jason, this is a young man's game. Yeah. You've got to you got to get young, fresh legs on the field. They just move faster. They have more spunk. They get more excited. Uh, it's all new. They're going to make mistakes. But you look at all their young players, including Miles Jack. They played really well, and they played the game the right way. They played, and and really, it was Minshew. He completed his last fifteen straight passes in a row, and they only asked him to throw it three right. times. You know, I mean, a lot of people. You know, Carson Wentz dropped back fifty times. I think when people start looking at stats and numbers, they just get like he ran, he threw it 20 times, Jason, 20 times. And he, he completed his last 15 in a row. And it was one good throw after another. He He's, he's an accurate kid. He throws a ball with anticipation. Um, he's fun to watch. He loves to yeah. play. He's a natural born leader. Uh there's, there's like reason for optimism in Duval. County. And the one thing I've heard about him from the beginning, Baldy, you know, he plays this sort of Jeff Spicoli role, right? Like he, he, he laughs at, he's, <laughs> he's the butt of the jokes and he acts like, you know, the dude in the cutoffs, the surfer yeah. guy doesn't know where he is. He's smart as hell. He is as much as he's all ball. He's all film as well. He picked that offense up last year so much quicker than anybody could have expected and was thrust into playing real football games that mattered in the second quarter of the first game of the season. Like, I don't think he got nearly enough credit. Do you think they have a fighting chance at Tennessee, Baldy? I do. I do think they do because they have – look, they're they're really young up front defensively. but, you know, they've got, you know, Joe Schober comes in there. He knows how to make tackles. And Miles, Miles Jack played the best game I've ever seen him play. They've got playmakers. And, you know, when you have playmakers, you just need a couple plays. You just need, I mean, he had three interceptions against Philip Rivers. But you just need to take the ball away. And, you know, I mean, look, they they went, it's, here's what they have going for them. I mean, it took a long time. And people kept scratching their head. What? Are, what? What? Are, what's Marone doing? What? They got guys that are all rolling in the same same direction. Nobody's fighting over contracts for the first time in years. Yeah. Nobody's fighting in the locker room. They haven't had that in years. You know, I mean, they're all going in the same direction. And like Doug said, he doesn't know what the record is going to be, but they're going to fight really hard every game. And Tennessee's much further along than where Jacksonville is. So I, I think Tennessee will win this game. Uh, the quarterback was good the other night uh, up in Denver. Uh, he he knows how to play the game, and he's in a good spot. But, you know, I, I think that that Jacksonville will give them everything that they can handle on Sunday. But I but I like Tennessee in this game for a lot of reasons. If Jacksonville pulled it off and was 2-0, <laughs> with two division wins against the teams everybody thought were the two best. NFL 2020. That would I be something. see this thing being turned upside down right now. Well, one other 1 o'clock game I do want to hit on real quick to spin off of that Jacksonville game. You you you, you alluded to the, the, the struggles of Phillip Rivers. And you go back to 2018, uh, only Jameis Winston has thrown more first quarter interceptions than Phillip Rivers. Um, Philip Rivers, fourth quarter interceptions since 2016, Baldy. He, he's he's thrown 24 more than anybody in the NFL. The early turnover mm-hmm. to put you behind, and then we're scrambling to come back. Can you pull it off? You know, close and late situations. The 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 the, the double agent that can really sting. They had Jacoby Brissett on the field in certain packages already. I don't want to go crazy here, but I'm looking at Minnesota and Indianapolis. Minnesota, Kirk Cousins had five pass attempts in the first half, Baldy. Like, this is NFL 2020. 
Neither team got off to the start they wanted. What is your sort of takeaway on this one? Well, Minnesota didn't play poorly. They just, I mean, Green Bay just played keep away in that game. They, they, it was the time of possession was like 42 to 18. And so Minnesota just didn't have the ball. And, you know, part of they didn't have the ball. They didn't convert right. downs and stay on the field, you know, and play keep away. Now they scored their last three straight possessions in a row, but, I mean, Green Bay had the game in the bag, and so they're playing their safeties 20 yards deep. You know, and there's a lot of holes in there, and Kirk Cousins got hot. So I'm not going to go crazy. But, you know, one of these teams is going to be 0-2, and both these teams had major expectations to be a postseason team. We know how difficult it can be starting 0-2. Now, that being said, I mean, Devontae Adams tore up every single corner that Minnesota put out there. Now, he's he is an elite player. Um, Aaron Rodgers trusts him completely, but they wrote, they wrote, they, they put their rookie out there, Cameron Dantzler. They went after him. They went after Michael Hughes, their first mm-hmm. round pick two years ago. They, they went after Holton Hill. I mean, they went after every single corner and they simply couldn't hold up. And with Daniil Hunter out, um, they, they really didn't have much of a pass rush. You know, I know Ngakwe was there, but they really right. didn't have much of a pass rush. And Aaron Rodgers was... I mean, it was like going to the state fair and letting him go get that big teddy bear. I mean, he was just throwing throwing darts at balloons, to be honest with you. And they did and, – and in Green Bay, they ran the ball with conviction. Um, you know, Minnesota, like they were really – they really had it handed to him in that game. And, and for Mike Zimmer to really say anything else beside that, then he, he would be cheating his team. So where do you where do you lean on this one, Baldy, before we move on? Well, I, I I think, you know, I think you wrote, Jason, this week about dome teams and yeah. how much of a disadvantage. I mean, it's always been an advantage. I, I had to go into these dome teams and for years or New Orleans and, you know, Detroit and all these places that had dome stadiums. And it was really hard, really hard. I mean, you could never hear the quarterback. And that's just that just doesn't exist right now. And so any and a lot of these teams are built to be dome yes. teams. You know, I mean, Tony Dungy won a Super Bowl up in Indianapolis. They were a dome team. They played a hurry-up offense. The defense was undersized but fast. They could scream off the edge, you know, with great pass rushers. And it was built for the dome. And, you know, you you don't get that advantage at all right now. Um, I, I don't like Indianapolis' secondary. Yeah. I just – Xavier Rhodes looked lost out there. I, I know that's – you know, both teams had troubles in the secondary, so I think that's going to come down to who defends the deep balls better. Uh, you know, right now, I I, I think I got to lean towards Minnesota in this game. Yeah, I probably would do the same, but but this is that it maybe doesn't seem that sexy on paper, but I, whichever these teams is zero and two, that's that that could be a <laughs> well, you're zero and two in this business. Jason. I mean, the sky is falling. I know the Colts were one and five. Two years ago with Frank Reich, and they came out of that hole, and they got to the play in the postseason. But when you're zero and two, after you know all that everybody's gone through, man, the sky's falling in that building. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the rats are ready to jump off the ship at zero and two. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we we hit on uh, Jacksonville as certainly one of the upstart surprise uh, team performances of Week One. Uh, I know that some people, the later we got into the week last week, Baldy, and the more acute it became 
um, the issues along the Eagles offensive line that there were some people who thought Washington would make a game of it. Well, they rallied from 17 down to systematically destroy Philadelphia in the second half and and had Carson Wentz rattled, and Carson Wentz is his own worst enemy at times. Um, and yes, they were beat up on the offensive line, but Chase Young is a man. It takes more two people to block him already. And Arizona, you know, beating San Francisco, was I shocked by it? No. We've talked a lot about Arizona. You know, I've been pretty high on them and think they could be a wild card team. Their, their defense surprised me somewhat. This is an, an interesting matchup here. Um, Arizona won, but I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury would say that's their optimal offensive performance. Everything was through nuke. Um, it kind of looked to me, Baldy, like a collection of plays and not an orchestra playing all at the same time and and making beautiful music together. Uh, wh- what are some of your impressions heading into what it now looks like a much more interesting game than maybe a lot of people would have thought a month ago or two months ago? Well, the, the wild card and the difference maker in this whole game is Kyler Murray. There simply is, is no answer for him. I think he's going to be in the running for the MVP of this league. Um, Nick Boza beat DJ Humphreys four times clean. Against any quarterback sitting in the pocket, it's a sack, or at least a major quarterback hit, uh, or maybe a turnover. Um, the problem right now for Washington is, you know, whether it's Chase Young or Kerrigan played great or, you know, Montez Sweat. I mean, Matt Ioannidis, pick a guy. They can rush the passer. Kyler Murray just makes you look foolish, though. because And that's why they don't always look like they're in some kind of rhythm because they're almost always in scramble mode. And that guy led the, their team in rushing. And his runs, and this is against a team that has played him twice. Yeah. And they still don't have an answer. And they got a great defensive talent. And they got a, a very good defensive coordinator who's going to be a head coach in this league. And they had no answer for Kyler Murray when he took off with it. Um, now, look, 49ers had a chance to win that game at the end. Garoppolo misses a wide open Kendrick Bourne. But, you know, the, the bottom line is they got better defensively. That's where this team improved. And, you know, they've got some linebackers now in addition to Jordan Hicks. They've got some beef up front on the defensive front. Um you know, people that don't understand just what Buda Baker is just don't watch football. They, they read PFF or stats or whatever. <laughs> They're not watching what this guy does to your team. I mean, he fixes any issues that you have with his speed and his Cobra-like striking ability. I mean, he's just an elite player. And so I, I really like what Arizona is doing. That was a big win for them. That's a huge win. They, they, it wasn't San Francisco losing that right. game. I mean, Arizona won that game. They kept a very good offense, 20 points, um, and offensively, they did enough. And, man, what a difference DeAndre Hopkins makes, though. I mean, he just bails you out. The guy's made out of granite, Jason. Yeah. People just bounce off him. And he eats st- and, and that's when he is double-teamed. Right. Uh, you know, Christian Kirk is going to eat. Fitzgerald's going to eat. The tight ends are good. I, I mean, they, they're, they're going to be a bona fide top-10 offense in this league. Baldy, we've got a – Big one at CBS at 425, our national game. Nance and Romo on the call. The KC Chiefs, who I don't know anybody who doesn't think they look like a juggernaut who picked up right where they left off a year ago. At the Chargers. Um, I'm a Terod Taylor guy, Baldy. I I am. Um, I have been over the years. I I know his limitations, but I I have tended to think – he's done pretty good with some of his surrounding cast and, and, and he, he can lead a good team. 
But I, I boy, and I, I don't know that the Bengals defense is all that, but I, I had difficulty watching that offense operate for long stretches of the game. Um, you know, there, there's talent there. And yes, the offensive line is is a bit of an issue and, and, and seemingly always is. But the Chargers left me wanting more on that side of the ball. Well, I, uh, not only is Jim Nance and Tony Romo going to be there uh, for your CBS network, I'll be there as well. My man. a radio call. So I'm looking forward to getting inside SoFi Stadium. And uh, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs have 10 days to get ready for this game. And they blistered on the Houston Texans. I mean, it was – I mean, in every phase of the game. I mean, they are an elite team. And I just came away last Thursday. I know we did the podcast on yeah. Wednesday, so they played the day after. Jeez, I, I watched that game, and I thought, did Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs go through what the whole world went through? Did they go through right. the pandemic? Or it were looked they like it. Privately scrimmaging right. like every single day. Like, they were razor sharp. The running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I mean, you can't get a better player for that offense than that player. I mean, he he is an elite player. And the way they blocked up front, the decisions Patrick Mahomes made, um, we're just starting to begin to see what McCole Hardman is going to be in this league. Uh, they are they're a joy to watch. And, they, and, and as much as I like Terod Taylor personally, yeah. watch him going all the way back to Virginia Tech, days with the Ravens, having Anquan Boldman, Boldman tell me, Boldman tell me that, this kid can absolutely yeah. be a starter in the league and just need yeah. a chance. He can, and he's a great leader, and he's a great person. They just don't have – they just don't play the game with any firepower. No. I mean, the knock on Terod Taylor is he's just not a guy that's going to beat you with big plays in the passing game. And if you're going to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, uh, outside of taking the ball away three times right. and just giving extra right. bats with good field position, you've got to get your track shoes on, and you've got to run – a track meet with this team. And there's just very few teams that are equipped to do that. Before we move on from this game, you got to have you put your O-lineman o hat on. A lot was made of Kalecio Semele, a guy who was already a Swiss Army knife to some degree early in his career. Now they're asking him to kick inside. Can you do it? Can you replace Tardif? Um, and it looked like J.J. Watt and the uh, Texans wanted to find out themselves pretty early in that game. And Baldy, by halftime, they didn't want to find out anymore. They 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 kind of knew the answer. Um, what did you think of Osemele and how huge will he be against the Chargers team? Let's let's face it. If they win this game, it's because their front four are absolutely eating. And there's twists and there's stunts. And you don't know whether it's Ingram or Bosa or somebody else. Well, I mean – Clutchy Assembly looked like he did when, you know, circa Baltimore, 2013-2014, when he was an elite player in this league. Now, he's gone to Oakland, he's gone to the Jets, and he's been injured and, you know, hadn't stayed healthy. And he went in there to Kansas City, and it's like, you know, they just go there and they just – they don't act they out. out. They just go out there and play. Austin Ryder – I mean, these guys, Austin Ryder, Mitch Schwartz, I mean, basically released by Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, they go to Kansas City. They they go out there, and all they do, I mean, J.J. Watt lined up on Austin Ryder five times in a game, thinking he's going to win a one-on-one against an undersized center. He just he, he stopped going inside like he couldn't beat him. You know, and so that was part of their game plan. He didn't let him beat him. Uh, Andrew Wiley, you know, in there at right guard. I mean, they, you just got to give the whole coaching staff credit. They they just know how to get a team ready. They're, they they – 
whatever strength somebody has, they play to them. If they have a weakness, they don't let it get exposed. Um, you know, why would you ever ask Travis Kelsey to be the point of attack blocker at tight end the way the Giants ask their tight right. end if he's not a good blocker? They don't do that. They have other guys that could do that work. And so it is – they wanted to be more explosive in offense, and we saw some of that on Thursday night, and I think you'll see more of it this week. We've got a great matchup of two of the bright young quarterbacks in this league, also in that 425 window, Baltimore at Houston. Um <laughs> I'm just going to start with Baltimore. Um, for anyone who did not watch the final drive of the first half and what mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson did in a two-minute drill, but really it was a 41-second drill with only two timeouts, yeah. not three, and how he moved that team down the field, Baldy, no gimmicks, no gadgets, no pitch plays, no option, no mesh point, big boy pocket quarterbacking, nothing but mm-hmm. throws, he gets off three plays in nine seconds once down at the end yeah. when he's out of timeouts. The only incompletions yeah. were balls the defense never could have got to. Even the back shoulder fade. Oh, right, even the back shoulder fade to Boykin. If you're going to throw an incompletion there, that's where you have to throw it. He finishes the drive with Andrews, moving the pocket around, toying with linebackers, drawing them into the line of scrimmage, then drifting out to hit Andrews um, on the sideline pattern, Baldy, where he leads the guy right out of bounds. He couldn't have stayed in bounds if he wanted to. It was master class to me. I, I got chills watching a little bit, knowing the knocks on this kid and how some people still live to hate him. That, to yeah. me, was special stuff. Well, you know, you're a, you're a great writer, Jason. I mean, I, I ran out of adjectives at halftime. I ran out of adjectives. I mean, it just it was hyperbole at that point. The, the guy just – you, you always want your quarterback to be the leader and to be in control, and he's never out of control. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's a play in the game where he literally – I mean, you got Miles Garrett, Olivia Vernon, Sheldon Richardson. They have collapsed and just swarmed them in the pocket. Yeah. And 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 like a video game, somebody just put them in like just put them in reverse. Yeah, yeah. And just back, just glided out of it. Yeah. About, and just like like he was like on a on a chorus line, and just backed out of there, and then just got out of the pocket and calmly made a throw to the left. And his timing and his faith in his tight end Mark Andrews, I don't know. I mean, there's some great tight ends in this league. I don't know that any quarterback is better at trusting their tight end to be at a place to go get a ball, um, to put it up there and let Andrews go get it. I know there's Kelsey and there's Kittle, but you, we're going to start mentioning Mark Andrews in the same vein as we mention those guys real soon. He's just that good. Yeah, I mean, they played an eight-man box and said we're going to take away the run. Ravens running backs, 23 carries, Baldy, for 62 yards, and it didn't matter because the game was over five minutes into the second half. Hell, the game was over 24-6 at halftime after that drive Lamar pulled off. 35 seconds to go, uh, what, uh, 69 yards, uh, finishing it with the touchdown. It was it was over. You mentioned Andrews. One of the keys, I thought, for the Houston game last week against Kansas City was I looked at their personnel and said, who the hell's going to stop Kelsey? And now I'm looking at the same thing with Andrew saying, who's the linebacker or safety over there uh, in Houston who's going to be able to stop Andrews if Lamar just wants to play pitch and catch with him and win the game that way? Well, yeah, I mean, it's got to be a team effort. Um, I'll say this. You know, the the Ravens are just an elite organization, obviously. Uh, When you have your quarterback and, you know, you, 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 you continue to build around them, they go out there and, 
you know, they, they draft, a, you know, a young, you know, a lot of young players that figure out a way to get in there. Um, you know, they, they find their replacement uh, for their Hall of Famer, Marshall Yanda, you know, at right guard. Yeah, Tyree Phillips. And Tyree Phillips, he goes in there as a third-round pick. You know, but they, they wanted to get better defensively. They wanted to get better against the run. So Calais Campbell comes in. He makes his impact right away. Derek Wolf comes in. Like They got bigger and more athletic on their defensive front. You go get Malik Harrison and Patrick Queen at linebacker. Now you have much more speed and much better playmakers at linebacker. And then you saw what Deshaun Elliott is. I mean, nobody will ever mention Earl Thomas' nope. name in Baltimore. Never. I mean, that kid, if he stays healthy, he's he's an upgrade over Earl Thomas uh, with his speed. And so uh, they are, they're a complete team. And Houston, the one thing I'll say about Houston is I've, when you take Nuke out of that offense, what he does for everybody else there is he takes everybody's double team. He knows he's going to get, and he still gets his touches. Yeah. But when you got a guy that draws the attention he gets, then Kenny Stills and Will Fuller and all these other guys can get their catches. But when he's not there, there's simply nobody that is capable of really, outside of just running vertical routes, which is a low percentage throw, there's just not, they just aren't guys that can beat double teams or bracket coverage or great man-to-man coverage. They, they just don't have those players, and it showed up. I do want to tip the cap, though, to David Johnson, who's been through a whole lot. Um, you know, he was there was tough circumstances think- in Arizona. It wasn't just him being hurt or him not maybe being the same guy. They had coach. Well, I mean, one year as offensive coordinators fired in the middle of the season. You know, he gets hurt last year. They bring in Kenyon Drake. He's a better fit with Kingsbury. But I, I think if the Texans win this game, David Johnson is going to have to have a whole lot to do with it. You know, Duke Johnson probably not going to play. Um, seven carries for seventy-seven yards for for yep. uh, for David Johnson in the opener. Caught a few balls as well. It's just it's good to see guys get a second opportunity. He's a good dude, and I'm I'm, I'm yeah, he is. No, he he was that opening drive they had was you know vintage. It kind of all went apart from there. But um, I, I thought the offensive line struggled as the game went on at a number of different positions. They had nobody that could block Chris Jones inside. Uh, and they're going to get their hands full this week with Calais Campbell. And I mean, you know, like Baltimore always has side, you know, to watch Ellis inside, to watch Brandon Williams inside. I mean, they just have the beef. They've got the length. I mean, it's, it's really, and, and so a guy like Wink Martindale can really, I mean, he, he really has versatility to do a lot of different things with this front. Well, it sounds like we both like Baltimore in this one. An 0-2 start for Houston would not be optimal, and I believe they have Pittsburgh after that. So um, difficult gauntlet to start the season. We got a great one Sunday night, Baldy, a matchup, a rematch of a, of a Super Bowl from not all that long back. Uh, boy, the, 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 we thought – actually, I won't say thought. I'll change the verb. We knew – that the Patriots were going to be unlike anything we had seen under Tom Brady and, and even anything unlike we saw when Antoine Smith was yeah. running for three yards in a cloud of dust, because this is just a different sort of offensive philosophy now with the run game, how multiple it is. Um, it's like, we're going to throw three times to the slot to soften you up, to run it down your throats, or we're going to run it down your throats five times to soften it up for Edelman in the slot and white on the wheel route. And then we'll have some more keepers and then we'll beat you up some more. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
I, I, I loved it. I mean, it was only one week and against Miami, but uh, I love what I saw from Cam Newton. And how about the Seahawks? You want to talk about reinventing yourself philosophically. They let Russ cook, Baldy. Throwing on first down, throwing in the first quarter, throwing to set up the run, throwing in the red zone. How about that? Uh, I'll start with uh, I'll start with Cam. Um, you, you just got to give the Patriots. I mean, they they define what coaching is all about. Let's take what we have and let's make the best of it. And whatever worked for the last 20 years doesn't matter. It's what we have right now. Now, I mean, they they literally, Cam looked like he was back at Auburn yeah. going to win the high yeah. I mean, it wasn't even like what we saw in Carolina. I mean, it was it was like Miami never saw read option before. Um, or, or you know, bootleg keepers. He knew it was all coming. Baldy, which is odd because they were the ones who were going to the Wildcat before anybody else. I know a different regime. Exactly. And Flores had to know this was coming from what he knows of New England. And, and he's still running for two touchdowns and having more fun. I, I mean, I, I tweeted out, like, like you, you, people can find fault with Cam. It's fine. Um, you know, that's just people that aren't – that's a personal thing. Yes. The guy – we, there's just physically nobody else like him. Now, I don't know, just like Lamar last year, you just don't know how long somebody can just keep running like that, you know, into NFL bodies and if it's going to hold up. But it doesn't matter. This is – it's going to be a week-to-week thing. They don't have a lot of firepower. Uh-oh. They have to play the game a certain way right now. I mean, I don't even know – I mean, Nikhil Harry's on the field, and I still don't know exactly what he is. Demir Bird. You tell me, Jason, how many different teams he's been on in this league. Uh, he's their speed. Yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't see a tight end that they really looked like they could trust. Baldy, to throw the ball. They to. managed not to upgrade from Philip Dorsett in the down speed, uh, you know, downfield speed guy category. That's hard to do. They downgraded. I know. I mean, they throw the running backs into Edelman. Yeah. That's kind of what they do. And they're willing to just kind of play ball control. You know, and then on the other side, if you're going to analyze the New England Patriots on any level, you better go do your homework to find out who these guys are because it's a whole new cast, but they're playing the game the same way. I mean, take a guy like Brandon Copeland. You know, it seems like anybody that wants to get out of New York can get out of New York. And when they do, they find like, like, like Brandon Copeland's been up there with the jets. I mean, he's their inside linebacker with Juwan Bentley. He was all over the field. Um, Stephon Gilmore looked like the defensive Mm -hmm. player of the year. I mean, he didn't let a, a Miami receiver like, you couldn't get separation uh, at all against them, and, and all you know. And they go get get Adrian Phillips at safety, and you, you're never going to talk about anybody that's ever been at that position again. Um, they they play the game the exact same way with a bunch of new guys. I mean, I never knew who Byron Cowart was right. at nose tackle, but I had to go find out <laughs> that he was a fifth round pick last year. Jason, I had to go do some study. Yes, sir. But they play. But it, you just take the names and the numbers off the back of the jersey. They play the game the same way as we always see the Patriots play. Seattle, how do you think this matchup goes? And I wonder, Baldy, it's it's, it's one thing to let Russ cook in Atlanta with no fans and a, a team that's just been pretty bad defensively, by and large, the last three or four years, kind of since the Super Bowl year. It's a very different one to let him do it against the heart of that secondary you just referenced with Gilmore, which is clearly one of the strengths of of New England's operation. Do you think that uh, Brian Schottenheimer keeps the shackles off Russell Wilson throwing on first down early in the game? Or, or do you wonder if they revert back to sort of where they've been the last few years? 
Well, they didn't run the ball real well. I mean, Russell Wilson had 29 yards on one run, and that led the team in rushing. Yeah. I mean, they didn't run it well. They got a rebuilt offensive line right now. So that was part of it. But I doubt that the Patriots are going to let DK Metcalf run right by you <laughs> when the safety is like guarding grass and the corner thinks the safety is going to – I mean, I, they didn't cover Chris Carson on the first touchdown throw by Ru- Russell Wilson. I mean, he threw four touchdown passes Could against the Falcons. Six. He had four – Four incompletions, and one of the incompletions was a batted ball, and one was a yeah. drop. Um, I mean, he did whatever he wanted to do. It was just the Falcons looked like they did when they were one and seven last year. It was embarrassing, like how many times they broke down. And like you would think, like in zone coverage, you would at least keep your eyes on Russell Wilson, but not Atlanta. So you're not going to get you're not you're not going to get this kind of defense against right. Uh, the Patriots will, will make Russell earn everything that he gets. Last week it was – I mean, it looked like a preseason game the way he was just throwing the ball around the yard. I, I don't get the feeling that he's going to be able to do that against the Patriots. They, they, they pressure the quarterback in a way that's different from any other team in this league. You're going to start to hear the name of Chase Winovich yeah. a lot. He's a really good player. He's earned the right to start. Uh, he's all over the field. He just plays with, like, Patriot type of energy that you need. Um, I I just don't think the Patriots offensively – like, I thought Jamal Adams was a perfect fit for that defense. Yes. I mean, he led the team in, in tackles, and, you know, he had his usual tackles behind the line of scrimmage. He had his sack. When he hits you, he hits you really, really hard. I think the Patriots will find a way to get him matched up in coverage. Mm. That's, mm-hmm. to me, like whether Force it's him out of the on box. him, just get him out of the box because that's – that's where he's at. I mean, Bobby Wagner didn't lead the team in tackles. I, I don't know the last time Bobby right. Wagner didn't lead him in tackles. So I, I have a feeling like they're spending this week trying to figure out how to put Jamal Adams in a position that he's not really very good at, you know, where he's got to cover people. Right. So I'm dying to see what Josh McDaniels does this week. You know, it's going to be completely different than what you saw against the Dolphins. But that being said, I, I, I think – I. With Russell Wilson, he's just difficult to defend. Yeah. I'm not – I just think they're a better all-around team than the Patriots are right now, and I expect Seattle to find a way to win. Final game of the week, Baldy, Monday night, we get our first look at that uh, beautiful, spectacular stadium they yeah. have out there in the Legion desert. In, in Vegas, the Saints come in. Um, obviously, it was a big emotional game for, for 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 the Saints in particular last week, playing Tom Brady in his debut, um, and and really forcing Tom Brady to to look bewildered and, and overwhelmed at times. Credit to New Orleans defense; they've done a great job of rebuilding that thing. The Raiders get a win in in Carolina, and I don't want to take anything away from a road win in this league. Um, but boy, the, the the Raiders defense. We we talked about it in our season preview. I, I don't know who gets stopped for them on that side of the ball. You know, Carolina had thirty points. I think if they run the offense a little bit through more through Christian McCaffrey, they might have got thirty. You know, they might have got forty, including the final fourth and one. Crazy, yeah. Like, odd. I, I understand the fullback is in there. Matt Rule's a big two back team, but you've got. Christian McCaffrey back there with a yard to go. I'd find a way to get the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean, and live and die. My takeaway from the Raiders was, boy, they're going to have to score forty a lot of weeks to win. I don't think they're scoring forty against the Saints, home opener, new stadium or not. So, let me make a couple. Um, like, there's in any given year, Jason. There's really 
about eight teams that are really competing for a Super Bowl. You'll, there'll be 14 teams in the postseason this year, but there's right. some teams that are 500 teams that will be in there. But the New Orleans Saints are one of the eight teams. And so when you get a guy, say Janoris Jenkins, Janoris Jenkins picks Tom Brady a pick six. It's, it's the biggest play of the game. But, you know, Janoris Jenkins has bounced around this league on a bunch of bad teams. Yes. But you put him on a good yep. team. He completely changes as a person. He changes. Like he he's now an elite corner again. We we always knew the Jack Rabbit could play, but you're like, he had attitude issues and but you these guys get beaten down when you're on bad teams. They just get beaten down. And they know they don't, you know, we saw from Randy Moss go from the Raiders yeah. to the Patriots. Yep. Said an NFL record. It happens all the time. And you watch Janoris Jenkins play opposite Marshawn Lattimore. You tell me who's a better tandem of corners in this league. And so John Gruden is in love with Henry Ruggs already. Yeah, you can yeah. tell. Second play of yeah. the game. It's a long bomb. I mean, they've, Carolina actually is wet, ready for it. They've got him covered. But he can't help himself. Like, Derek Carr just aired out. And, and, and so he's in love with speed and guys like that. That happens. That's fine. But I, they're going to see a much better defense. A much better defense. I mean, Carolina, Matt Rule will figure this out. They were very good offensively. I thought they would be. Defensively, they still have a lot of holes, and they're really young. And so I just think, you know, when you watch this game, the Saints, is even without Michael Thomas, who wasn't a part of that offense anyways on Sunday. Right. I mean, Jared Cook was a part of it. Alvin Kamara was. I mean, they just did a lot of different things. Um, I, I, I think that the Saints will just nickel and dime this team down the field. And by formation, speed, uh, experience, uh, different type of weapons, you know, whether it's Taysom Hill or, you know, whatever, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, caught a touchdown pass. They'll, they'll just play keep away from the Raiders. And I think this game's going to get away from the Raiders. Yeah. Baldy. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I think it's going to be one way traffic there for the saints who over the course of four quarters are going to show that they are significantly better football team. Then the Raiders, hopefully this isn't one that puts me asleep on my couch in the second half, but I'm an old man, so it just might. One thing that is certain, though, is we will be back next Wednesday to preview week three of NFL action right here on Baldy's Breakdowns. It's always our pleasure to do this. Can't wait to see what week two holds in store. And please, throughout the week, hit up Baldy at Baldy NFL on Twitter. Hit me up at Jason Lock and Four. It's just like it sounds, I promise, on Twitter. And if you're enjoying what we're doing, let us know. Review, subscribe, comment, all the above. Check us out uh, on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast. Let us know what you think. And we appreciate you spending some time with us. So we'll be back next Wednesday as we look ahead to week three of the NFL schedule. Happy week two, everyone.